0: changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Baden and Rex. All right. Welcome back to another episode of My Corner of the Universe, where we highlight people that are out there being the change that they want to see in the world, and today we had the pleasure of interviewing Fran Tar from Breaking Walls. It's a really unique organization. You know, that's one of the awesome things about getting to interview all these people on this podcast is just the diversity of how people are making a difference in the world. And Fran is no different to that. She started, uh, I think she said that
1: back in 2012. I believe so. Or 2010, even, I think.
0: Yeah. And so basically, from being a teacher to finding a way to be able to uh, make impact with kids, and now it's all over the world, but basically, she is helping kids be ambassadors to different countries while learning and participating in performing arts. It's a really neat thing that she's created that's kind of hard to put in words, but it's an awesome organization.
1: Yeah, and obviously, you know, you got to listen to the interview because Fran describes it really well. But um, what's cool about it is they take kids from all – it started out initially in Bethlehem, Palestine, and, and Brooklyn, and, and uh, Berlin. But then they do these events annually all over the world in all these different cities, and they bring all these kids together, and it has this really cool international – feel to it where you're bringing all these kids a lot of them you know leaving their countries for the very first time um they're 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 going without their parents so it's just this awesome experience for these kids um where they're learning a lot about themselves learning a lot about each other learning a lot about performing arts um and really like like the organization is called breaking walls i mean they're breaking walls in preconceived thoughts of the world outside of their city, outside of their country, the people outside of their city, outside their country. And it's just really a magical organization that she's put together. Yeah.
0: It is. And, you know, I mean, uh, today, you know, it seems like such uh, an appropriate, you know, organization to be out there and back uh, just because they're really helping this next generation kind of, uh, you know, break down some of those walls. And uh, she has some, great insight to how these kids lives have been changed. And, you know, like Vaden touched on, they're going to be friends for the rest of their lives because they're meeting each other at this age and, and really breaking down the different cultural walls that they may have language barriers, whatever it may be. And they come together and put together these really cool pieces. And she touches on, I think she said, August 11th this year, you will be able to stream. So we'll have all that stuff in the show notes, but a really fun interview.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Something that, you know, if I was younger in my younger days, I would have been down to participating it. That would have been really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, enjoy the episode, you know, make sure that you're subscribing so you get all the different episodes that we release that are just this, highlighting people doing really cool things and life-changing things in the world. And like we always say, if you are changing the world and you want us to highlight you and tell your story and you know somebody, then hit us up and email us at info at mycorneroftheuniverse.com. Make sure you're subscribed, give us good ratings so more people learn more about all these awesome organizations.
0: yeah, enjoy the show.
1: Thank you for joining us to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today we are excited to speak with Fran Tarr, who is the executive director and founder of Breaking walls uh Fran, thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you for inviting me
1: well. We're really excited to hear your story and have our audience learn more about what it is that you're doing. Can you please give us a little background on what the organization is and how it got started?
2: Yes. I, two things I love to talk about. Here. Number one, our vision slash mission is to offer young people across the globe the opportunity to discover their voice while simultaneously offering them a platform on which to use it. Uh, Technically, our tagline is connecting young people across the globe as ambassadors for peace using the arts. And if you look at our logo, you'll see that it says breaking walls, artists and ambassadors today and tomorrow. And now I'll tell you how we reached that Logo, which says, Breaking Walls, Artists and Ambassadors Today and Tomorrow. I was very, very fortunate for many years to be a classroom teacher. uh, First on the south side of Chicago, teaching elementary school art, and then in Denver, Colorado, teaching photography and theater arts and creative writing. And then I came to New York, where I was equally blessed to be the education director for the Women's Project Theater, as well as the Atlantic Theater Company. All of these experiences from Chicago through Denver and then guiding me into New York City exposed me in this truly beautiful and empowering way to work with young people, uh, predominantly from disadvantaged neighborhoods on exposing them to, if I was using the vehicle of art correctly as an educator, allowing them to discover their full potential. So, as an example, in Chicago, I started, I had no background in education. Um, I was teaching elementary school art, and it I was very quick to understand that many of the young people in my classes especially the younger classes really needed to read before they needed to draw but that wasn't my task my task was elementary school art it had made a difference in my life I wanted it to empower them so what I did was I created these lesson plans that were written out with all the directions step by step and then I paired one kid with another, one sheet, two kids, and then I was free to answer questions about the assignment and they were helping each other with reading. And pretty soon I was developing curriculum and, and study units, units around what books were being read in the fourth grade and what was happening in social studies in the seventh grade, as well as, you know, introducing the things that I felt they needed to know as young emerging artists. And I followed that same pattern when I moved to Denver and started teaching photography and theater arts and creative writing. In New York, I was invited by the women's project to develop their curriculum called 10th centuries of women playwrights. And the young people would read these plays one or two written by a woman, sometimes from the 10th century, sometimes, you know, no uh, Shanghai, you know, right variety. And then, Look at it from the time period it was created in, and using the themes and the underlying issues at that time period, create their own work to be performed at the Women's Project Theater. It was extraordinary. And again, as the course of time of doing all of this, I was just remarkably blessed to work with so many extraordinary young men and women. But then I also realized that they were being treated in a disrespectful manner. Despite their, their, they were bright and articulate and multi talented and hopeful and resilient and in many ways empowered in their own sense, but nobody, they weren't getting the kind of support that I felt they really needed across the board. So in 2008, I created a documentary called Bethlehem to Brooklyn Breaking the Surface. It sort of challenged the negative imaging of young blacks in Brooklyn and young Muslims in Bethlehem, Palestine. And so that was extraordinary. They did these creative writing pieces together. We created a performance. And when we finished, I said to them, What did you get out of this? Yeah. And they all went,
1: <laughs>
2: Okay, okay, okay. Um, the world looks at us as we are always the ones in need of an intervention. And we have shown that we are extraordinary, not just because. We did extraordinary writing and put together a really great performance and were able to make this extraordinary creative community from two very diverse groups of young men and women. But we also became friends when nobody believed we could. And we want to continue building this bridge with every kid everywhere, no matter their race, religion, or attitude. Now, if you're 16, 17, 19, and you can put together your words and this extraordinary vision. I was like, "Wait, wait! Will you give me your permission to take that message and create it into something tangible?" And they said yes. So in 2012, in 2011, we became Breaking Walls. Seemed to be a good fit uh, for what we were doing, and we. And then in 2012, we took our first. We did our first summit. That brought together young men and women from Brooklyn, Bethlehem, and Berlin, Germany. And we mm. picked Berlin because of the wall.
1: Oh, okay, All I was going right, to ask nice. that why why the choice of Berlin, but that makes sense, yeah.
2: Yeah, and that it had come down peacefully.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the 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 everyone is clear what the wall is in Bethlehem.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: In Brooklyn, the wall actually turned out to be surprisingly enough a community mural dedicated to the men and women who had lost their lives um, to unnecessary violence. And one of those images was the father of one of our young men. And he had been killed in a drive-by before Ryan was born. And so the only real connection he has to this guy, this man, is this image on a wall in Brooklyn. So we we were quite surprised that the tangibility of walls in everyone's life, metaphorically, physically, and then to take them to Berlin. Yeah, so,
1: absolutely. It's such a it's such a strong, you're right, metaphor, analogy, and reality to so many people.
2: Absolutely. And we've shown the film many, many places um, in New York City. And, and I was at one school on the Upper West Side. And one of the students, when we finished, she said, you know, if you had said to me, to describe a wall that's sort of like prohibiting, she said, I would have said right away, there's this wall in, in Palestine and Israel. She said, but I never would have thought that there is a metaphorical wall almost as steep five subway stops away. Mm -hmm. And it's that kind of awakening that I think we're all experiencing now on so many levels across the United States and the world.
1: Worldwide right now. yeah.
2: Um, Yeah. World. And, and yet, so here they were, you know, 2012, 2009, 2000. And so it's been extraordinary journey for me, as well as the young men and women involved.
1: I have a question. That's great. I, I love all the background story. It really, I think is going to f- feed in a lot for the listeners that will be able to get, understand exactly the organization. I just had a question about that initial um, documentary film and work you did with the kids in Brooklyn and Bethlehem. Did these kids, like what year is that? Did these kids actually meet? Was there any sort of virtual, uh, virtual conference that they did at that point? What oh, was it? Two oh, years
2: oh, you think I'm so good at IT? Yeah. I, I was like, you
1: you know? didn't set up a Zoom meeting for them all at that point.
2: I feel so so flattered. This is what we did. I I went to Bethlehem and did the workshop there, and then I came back and I did the exact same workshop in Brooklyn, and then we edited it together.
1: Okay, gotcha. In
2: the meantime, part of that became a Skype session between the Bethlehem artists and the Brooklyn artists. We were, again, artists and ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that we really needed to bring them together before they got on with their lives, right? At that, So in 2010, three of the original casts from Brooklyn went with me to Bethlehem, and we were there 12 days, and mm-hmm. we did all of the writing. And did some cultural things and Mm -hmm. it was, we went to a wedding and it was, it was a marvelous, marvelous experience for all of us. And then we came back and a week later, the Bethlehem kids and their chaperones got on a plane and flew to New York. By that time we had put the script together. We had copies and we did the rehearsing and the performing and the cultural explorations here in New York. So that time we were able – So it, and that is actually an award-winning film from the um, Harlem International Film Festival, and it's called Brooklyn Bridges to Bethlehem and Back. Oh, cool. So that was what happened in 2010. And then with 2011, we were incorporated. So both of those documentaries – and if you go to our website, you can definitely see the trailers for both.
1: So when you – came up with the idea of the documentary and starting to go through with it. Did you have the vision in mind at that time of the greater summit or was it just like, Hey, I just want to showcase this. And then it kind of organically grew from there.
2: You're exactly right. Baden. My original vision was I'm going to do these documentaries. People are going to stop, you know, using stereotypical prejudgments, that kind of thing. And they will see that, see what is there to be seen. For the naked eye, you know, it's not. You don't have. It's not like you have to take a chisel out, you know, and uncover the, the, you know, the beauty within the, the stone. It's, it's right there for everyone to see and savor. Um, and then after we spoke to the kids, and I could see how empowering it was for them to be together, and for people to see us together. Yeah, that was also really extraordinary because. Even though the Palestinians are very westernized, they still were different than many other people in in um, in Brooklyn.
1: I can imagine so though. How many, how many kids are we talking about?
2: That year we had ten. Okay. The, in the original we had almost twenty. Okay. That year, because of the expense, we 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 limited the number of, you know, of who went and who, who traveled all over the place. Um but one afternoon we went to Ryan's house in Brooklyn and we were sitting on the steps in front of his brownstone and I could see like there was this consternation on our Bethlehem artist. And I went over and I said, what's wrong, you guys? I said, They're not inviting us into his house. And I, I completely forgot because when you, you know, Arabic culture is you come now, you have juice, then you have coffee, uh, then you yeah. have tea with with mint and then you have coffee and the whole time there's nuts and fruits and sweets that are being you know and mm. here we are we're like gosh welcome to my house we're yeah. on the street and yeah. Like,
1: the yeah go ahead and grab a chair if you want come on yeah make yourself a home get something out of the fridge you know
2: yeah yeah and they're like "What?"
1: No. Yeah. and
2: then, then we were able to sort of navigate again part of it for me has been learning it is i've learned as much as others when we went to berlin in 2012. My experience, my expectation, and I'll be completely open, is that even though there were four, there were young men and women who were in the second documentary were our ambassadors or our, you know, experts in the process. And then we had four new artists from Bethlehem and four new artists from Brooklyn and eight from Berlin. And I thought, oh, those Berlin kids, the minute that workshop ends at four o'clock, their, their history. So the first day, so what we agreed on is that each day, one Berlin artist would take us to some place that they felt we should know about. And we were walking through the Tiergarten and I'm Jasper is explaining to me where we're going. And I thought, I think I see Karina. Is that Meriva? Finally, I looked and they were all like prancing. <laughs> and they said, oh, we, they wouldn't go home. As a matter of fact, they were they were actually quite devastated and their feelings were hurt because they hadn't been invited to stay in the hostel with us. And it was the young people who instantaneous realized that we were forming a community, that we were a family. Like, this is our deal. Like, what do you mean we can't come to dinner and, you know, we can't all stay together the whole time. And they did a bunch of sneaking into our rooms and hanging out, you know, girls with girls and boys with boys, which then showed me quite clearly, A direction that I never would have anticipated. So now every year, we were scheduled to go to Bucharest, but we're doing a virtual thing this year, which is uh, because of the coronavirus. But in Bucharest, we would have brought together young men and women from Barcelona, Berlin, Bethlehem, Brooklyn, Bucharest, Cape Town, Detroit, Santiago, Warsaw, and Tangier.
1: Wow. So um, how, do you, how did you choose those cities and how do you find kids? That seems like a daunting task to be like, okay, I'm going to find kids in Cape Town and Warsaw and Santiago, all these different cities. Is it not as hard as it seems?
2: Yes, it is exactly as hard as it
1: seems. <laughs> it is as hard as it seems. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Exactly. And some years it's really easier than others. Um, when we went to Cape Town, we were very blessed to make a connection. First I Google. People ask me, I was like, it's a Google search. Yeah you know, youth programs in Cape Town. And uh, I, I ended up making an extraordinary, extraordinary connection with Danny Kagan of the Rainbow Dreams Trust that works with young people in the township. And we still, you know, I'm when I finish this, I'm going to call her because we've got to get to get organized for this year yeah. and her young people. So that has maintained. And then other years, we've gone through consulates in different countries Um, theater programs we're working with, a theater, the Excelsior Theater in Bucharest to move forward this year as well as next year. We will go to Bucharest in 2021. So, yeah, that's sort of how that all developed, and it's really exciting. And with each year, interestingly enough to me, the first year we did the writing, and then we put together a script, and we rehearsed, and we performed, and then in the afternoon we did some cultural things.
1: So, if there was no coronavirus this year, how many kids were you expecting to have there?
2: We would have almost 50 people, including wow, our director nice. team. Cool. Oh, Very nice.
1: Yeah. And, and you guys do a,
0: a full production every year with the kids? Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. Is now, that um, a play? It's not a play. It's not like John went to the store and fell down and then
0: <laughs> okay. came
2: to the rescue. It's a devised theater piece that includes the writing, the original writing. Some of it trans- transformed into dance and movement. Other uh, song, instrumental music, spoken word, monologue, whatever.
0: And is it's, that streamed
1: uh, for people to be able to watch around the world?
2: Yes. Yes. Oh, very every cool. day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I had a question too. So, so you're bringing all all of these kids in, and is there a has there ever been? I don't say an issue, but has it been a a struggle with obviously language barriers, styles, techniques, all different types of things like that when you bring them all together, or do they kind of flow pretty well?
2: It flows very well. Um, The first thing that we realized when we completed the Berlin Summit in 2012 is that we needed a common language. The four new artists from Bethlehem only one spoke English fluently, comfortably. That's all we ask, you just need to be comfortable. You don't have to be super fluent, but mm-hmm. you do need to be able to read, write, and speak comfortably in English. Because number one, when we were doing the writing and then we share it, and then everyone gets a critique on what's going really well and what you're writing and are there an idea that maybe could improve it. But you're the artist, you don't have to use it if you don't want. But what we were hearing from the Palestinian was the voice of the translator not the voice of the kid. And that got to be not an issue, but we're like, no, no, no. We want to hear Manal's voice. Yeah. We want to hear Abid's voice. We don't want to hear the translator's voice. And so, and the, and the, the Palestinians felt the same way that there was, that's not exactly what I meant, but Mm -hmm. do you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So that, and also when they were sharing music with their headphones and like, helping pick items on the menu, there was a lot of camaraderie that was easily communicated. But when we were at museums and things like that, then the students, the young people who spoke the same language, Palestinian, you know, Arabic, mm-hmm. had a tendency to sort of observe it as a group so that they could share it. So once we made that decision, that's, then it's all been, hot, you know, hot night through butter. Nice. And we are doing um, a campaign now, a storytelling campaign on uh, Instagram, and they are, many of the young people say the same thing. Like, I got there, and I looked around, and there were thirty people I'd never met before in my life, and I'm thinking, I, I oh yay. Yeah. And then within the next within three hours, we're like, yeah, we've got nicknames for each other, and we're matching, you know, oh this sweater would look good with that, and you know, that kind of thing. So it that mm-hmm. has never ever been an issue, and they stay. They stay friends forever.
0: And what's the age groups typically?
2: Um, fourteen through about twenty three. The young people. Once you've been an ambassador, I mean, an artist, then um, you can be successfully. You can be invited to apply to be um, an ambassador.
1: Yeah, and that kind of breaks down in different tiers. Can you explain the different, the three different tiers that you have, and the ages that work with that, so people understand that a little better?
2: Of course. The first tier is artist, and you are a writer performer. That's that's your role. Mm. That that's it, baby. <laughs> and gen- we we've, we've had young people twelve and thirteen. Generally, we say fourteen through twenty three. So we have late late middle school, junior high, up to university. And even though there is this broad range of ages, that's never that's also never been an issue. They all get along beautifully older brother younger sister that kind of thing very very um, camaraderie there's a lot of good camaraderie the ambassadors we generally um wait until they have left high school and maybe have had one year of university before they're invited to be an ambassador the role of an ambassador has changed over the past few years they are now they mentor the younger, young people, helping them with their lines, navigating, you know, like this is the first time you've ever had, you know, shawarma. Mm-hmm. explain what this is. You know, yeah, yeah, I know you don't get the language. Let's figure out what's the proper protocol on the metro together. That kind of thing. Um, what and in turn, they are mentored by someone on the director team. As an example, if you're one of our international relations majors at university, then maybe you're going to work with our director of leadership and you and another person will be in charge of organizing the crafting of our annual peace and acceptance statement so that you're getting some sort of mentorship. You really, you want to do social work and you want to make sure everybody's feeling comfortable. Great. Go be mentored by our ensemble building individual. And that kind, you know, are you going to be the showrunner? Are you my assistant and you just keep me, you know, just hold my cell phone and keep me organized, you know, whatever. And so that also has turned out to be a really valuable situation because everybody feels like I've got my role, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, it's great. And now we have three associates. These are young men and women who not only have been artists and ambassadors, but are re- known within their communities as um, grassroots activists. And Merva from Berlin, Mohammed Abu Sur in Bethlehem, and Tatiana Key here in Brooklyn. And Tatiana is also on the Breaking Walls Advisory Board. So she's, she's taken on a, a really extraordinary role. And also it's easier because she's close to where I'm based in Manhattan.
1: And are most of those uh, all volunteer? Or do you have like internships? How does a lot of those different levels work?
2: Those are all volunteer. All volunteer, okay. All yeah. volunteer. The director team was volunteer until this year. We're hoping to raise a uh, money for a stipend for our director team. Nice. They've always gotten their trip. You know, we pay for the trip and everything except for their you know, spending money.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so we're trying to move on and be a big, you know, a grown-up organization.
0: Yeah, yeah. Love it. As far as the different, um, you kind of touched on there's dance and it, as far as the different types of, you know, theatrical performance, is there uh, some guidelines for that or is it wide open? What does that look like for you?
2: Well, that's a good question. Because this, in the past, what we've done is we've structured it into the existing script. So when they finish, let's say, we have three days of writing and then the you pick two pieces and you get the you peer edit them, and then you type them up and we get those to the director team and they put together a script. They spend the whole day doing that. The rest of us are doing a day of community service to the community that we're in. Beautiful day for us. Um, then we come back and the script is ready. Within that, Then our director of theater performance, now it's Tom Costello, who is an uh, off-Broadway director here in Manhattan and works across the United States. He will say, so, you know, Moha, when we were doing this earlier, you were singing. Do you want to sing your song? Yes. And then somebody will say, you know, and I'd kind of like to add movement to my piece. And then either that will be isolated where just the dancer is doing it or the whole piece is choreographed of that particular section is choreographed. Because we are doing this virtual piece, it gives us an opportunity in a strange way to be more flexible. And so this year we're adding visual and video art, movement, song, instrumental music, and storytelling addition to in addition to spoken word and monologues. And so there'll be the writing one day and then you have the opportunity to break out with just your mentor to work on crafting your song. And you'll have two days to do that about total of about five hours. And then we'll go into rehearsal.
0: typically how many days is a, is a normal.
2: If we're in, if we are in country, it's, it's all day, every day for 16 days.
0: Okay. Wow,
2: Now it's developed. The first, when we were in Berlin, it was nine days, you know, and it's grown because we've added peace building, a day of community service. Um, We got back after Warsaw and one of our, our, we all debrief, whether you're here or across the globe, I call you and we Skype or something and we debrief what worked, what can we do better. Right. And someone said, you know, we just finished the performance. We were feeling so empowered and so attached to everyone. And then the next morning we were all saying goodbye and going back to our countries. Yeah. And is there any way we could stay a day? Could we could stay another week? Well, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but, no, no, no. But why can't we add one more day and call that friendship day?
1: Yeah,
0: Uh, that's awesome.
2: And so that's, so, you know, and now we have Creative Activist Lab. This year, for the first time, we will have artists slash leadership apprentices. So part of their experience during this virtual international artist cooperative is what we're calling it. You will be training with Danny Kagan, director of leadership from Cape Town, in order to be an ambassador in 2021.
1: Yeah. What an amazing experience that you're providing yeah, really cool. for, for these kids. It's so incredible. I imagine for a lot of these kids that are going for the first time, this is probably a lot of the first time they've left their country or at least like left like anywhere other than maybe like just the bordering country.
2: Oh, 100%. 100%. Wow. Um, e- even, even many of the European kids have really only been in their own country. Yeah, well. And the same was to and the township youth.
1: Oh, I'm sure, yeah.
2: And it's from Chile. And many of our Brooklyn's artists are recent immigrants, so they've traveled from their country here and then occasionally back again because they're green card holders. And some of them, you know, go to visit their relatives in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. But that's different than flying through Paris.
1: Yeah. On your
2: way to Berlin, you know, and for some of them, it's the first time they've ever been on a plane.
1: Wow. And the friendships I'm sure that they create that are life will be lifelong is incredible.
2: Yes, indeed. They're just it's it's extraordinary.
0: What time of year does this happen? Uh, Do you guys get together?
2: Um, It's always in July. And I'll tell you why. We bookend it depending on when school ends in Brooklyn.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
2: And when school starts in Cape Town.
0: Okay. And because, do parents typically travel or is this a, a, a chance for them to travel solo?
2: They travel solo. Oh, neat. Wow. And Very that neat. was another reason we were trying to decide what to do about going to Bucharest. And this was before the quarantine and it was clear mm. that nobody's going anywhere. Right. Um, you know, this summer the last thing we need is for some group to be quarantined for 14 days, you know, mm-hmm. in Brussels or something. Right. Um, by surprise, uh, when I told them and we talked about it and they all said, friend, we knew it was coming that we weren't going to be able to get together, but you you already have a plan for us to get together virtually. And we're happy about that. And then one of the kids raised her hand and she said, and my mom is going to be so happy. And that was a big component for me. You know, I there's a lot of trust that's placed in
1: Right. Yeah.
2: your 15-year-old child to Warsaw. Absolutely. You know, or travel all the way to South America. And and I need that's something that I deeply appreciate and respect and I'm not going to like force you to send your child to Bucharest in the middle yeah. of a pandemic. Yeah. Or put you in the place to say no. Right. When the others are going, you know that also would not be good.
0: So it's happening in July. How can people that w- are interested to watch? How how what does that look like?
2: Oh, that's a good question. First of all, it will be live streamed, and it's actually August 11th through the 18th. Okay, it's our virtual international artists cooperative. We a lot of scheduling around ex- late exam taking.
0: Right. And that yeah, kind that makes of sense. Thing
2: because of it's so much missed school, um, and we will have a we'll have a Facebook event. It will be um, announced on our Instagram, and there will be many many opportunities to know that it is happening.
1: Okay. Okay. Great. I also had a question too. You know, just just for whoever's listening to this, if if, if they have a, a child who's interested, or maybe they're involved in a youth organization, or they have a nephew or niece that might be interested, what's the process of them getting a hold of you and saying, hey, we're in, you know, whether it's Cleveland, Ohio, or we're in Mexico City, you know, how do we, how do we put together a small, you know, satellite Satellite, here and be part of the foundation? What's the process for that?
2: The process is relatively uncomplicated. On our website, you will, they will see um, a section that says, want to join Breaking Walls? And you click there and you can download an application. Um, and then there's an email address for me that you can send me an email and say, look, can we have a, a conversation about bringing this program to my school or my country? Okay. Okay, great. The application processes, turn in your application. You and I will Skype so we get to know each other and I can answer questions. Because it's very confusing. Kids are like, I didn't realize, you know, you kept saying we were gonna be writing, but I didn't realize we were gonna be writing. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and when we got to Detroit, one of the girls turned to me from Brooklyn and she said, Fran, Breaking Walls is an international artist youth empowerment movement. And I said to her, What part of Detroit did you not get?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: what part of Detroit?
1: <laughs> what? Do we, yeah. If it makes you happy, we'll drive to Toronto real quick and come right back. <laughs> do
2: worry about that visa. Yeah. So um, then after we've answered as many questions as we can, as necessary, then I give the young person a writing trigger and they respond to it with expanded language and make a audition tape out of that.
1: Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. And so just to clarify, like if it's somebody, let's say in Mexico city or, or you know São Paulo, Brazil, and they're interested, or maybe they have another friend interested. Like, does it? Do you need multiple people together, or really are you going to start at just one person, and they can, can start it with
2: you. one person? Especially this summer, we can definitely yeah. oh, start yeah. with just one person oh, yeah. because just you know we are just going to be so many windows.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, but that's a good question. We have had, especially the. Uh, from Bethlehem that we only have one artist who's able to come Um, as you can imagine visa Mm -hmm. from air, you know, for young men and women from uh, Muslim countries is sometimes quite prohibitive. Yeah. And so uh, they come alone. And last, last year in Tangier, we were only able to bring one Warsaw artist. The others, one was working and one had university class that they were taking and mm-hmm. so you know and they come and they're like you know it feels kind of funny like here i'm the warsaw delegation
1: yeah they're going They really are like <laughs> yeah you know? and so then cool. they're
2: king they're from tangier so you know but you know we all just like journey through yeah. yeah but we would welcome it especially this year as a matter of fact we had a young man from have a young man Moshe, from rabat in morocco who heard about us and downloaded the application and we met and I said to the kids, you know, I think that he's going to be fine. I and we're really going to enjoy having him included, but it's up to you. How do you feel about it this year? Cause we're not going to be face to face. And they said, no, we really want it. We can sense that even though like the Bucharest artists are like, look, we feel like we're part of the family. We've only been online for two hours,
1: mm-hmm. three
2: weeks apart. So we invited him in last Monday, a week ago, I saw on Instagram that he was saying something. It wasn't Arabic, so I could not, I didn't know what he was saying, but I could see that he had one of those paper masks around his chin here. And then he pulled it up like this over his, under his, to under his eyes. And it said, I can't breathe. Wow. And so I, I thought, you know what? You're going to be just fine.
1: <laughs> you're gonna
2: be just fine. You you fit you you fit the you fit the family. Yeah. Want, not problem, yeah, not a problem. Not a problem.
1: So for those who are listening, also you know, let's say maybe they don't have a know a child that right now they'd be interested, but they want to be able to help out financially um because obviously you know you're not charging the kids to go show up, so there has to be. Donors to help out. So, what's the process to donors? Do you have like an ambassador program for donors where they can be on a monthly giving schedule, or how does it work for people who would like to give and support the organization?
2: Thank you for asking that, Vaden. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, again, go to our website, breakingwallsprogram.org, and in the upper right hand corner, you'll see a, I think it's a red button that says donate, and you can do it via P- PayPal, and you can also opt in to do a monthly contribution.
1: You guys also have an Amazon smile too, correct? Yes, we do
2: have an um, Amazon smile. We definitely do.
1: Which I've, we've heard a lot of charities and nonprofits that we talk to have that. And it's just such a great way. It literally costs you nothing. It's just a great way to be able to give as you're shopping on Amazon as as we all do, especially Father's over these last couple months.
2: Yeah, and Father's Day is coming up. And Father's up. Day is coming yeah. up.
1: Yeah, so you might as well... Uh, you know, put it, put it in the Amazon smile for, uh, for breaking walls and, and be able to give that way. It's an easy way to give.
2: Thank you. And once you have given, then you'll, we will move you over to our newsletter and then you'll be getting information about our fund fest and all the things that we do each, each year. Nice. Also, I would just like to say, if you have the time, yeah. if not, you can cut this out. One of the things I think I already mentioned that I was I've learned a lot from our young people, uh, and and from the individuals who we have who have come to see our shows or met the young people. And the first outgrowth of that was they actually happened right after um, the first one happened right after 2012, and that is uh, the principal from the school that the Brooklyn artists were from came to me and said. I would really like to have this in all of the programs that I am principal for in Manhattan. Wow. And so we started an in-school program. All right, now we do in-school programming in New York City and its environments, uh, Fall River, Massachusetts, and Berlin, Germany.
1: Wow, wow. that's, that's so awesome. Neat. That is cool. Yeah.
2: yeah, so that's pretty cool. And the nice thing about Berlin is that some of our ambassadors from Brooklyn and Barcelona go with me. Oh, nice. so then we have this, they really are learning how to be ambassadors.
1: Yeah. And the kids there get that international feel from it as well.
2: Absolutely. And then in 2014, when we were in Cape Town, an extraordinarily wonderful, uh, proactive attache for culture at the German embassy uh, heard about us. And she came to the performance and she said, you know what? I want this to come back. we will if we give you some seed money, will you come back and work with young men and women from Rainbow Dreams Trust and the German International School mm. so we 've created now those are called our community based initiatives they're five days and they stay as a community like at a camp or a retreat center and they do a very many breaking walls, but it 's amazing and this October will be our sixth annual community-based workshop in, in Cape Town. And now wow. it involves black, white, colored, and young men and women who are recent uh, immigrants to South Africa. So we've got these four communities of young people all together for five days. It's That's just awesome. A deep, and we're building that out now into um, Bethlehem and also Barcelona.
1: Well, I think that's just a cool testament to what you're doing because the way, how something like that could arise organically, um, that just shows the impact that you're having, that people are seeing what you're doing and say, Hey, we want more of this. It's not like you're there. Like and it wouldn't be a bad thing if you were there saying, Hey, I want to grow it to this. That could be great also. But the fact that it was coming from people on the ground on site that it's like, we need more of this. And can you help us out with It's really a testament to the organization and the work that you're doing and the impacts that you're having with all these kids.
0: Thank
2: you. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, really special. I I really just love how, uh, you know, I personally, at least, you know, in the part of the country we're at, we don't really hear a ton about the performing arts. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's you're doing so many things on so many different levels to help these young kids around the world. So really hats off to what you're doing.
2: Thank you. And one last note. We work with boys and girls.
1: Yes. Nice perfect okay well fran we really appreciate you taking the time to join and talk just you. You know, like i said love what you're doing um you know for everybody who's listening you know be able to go support them if you can financially if you know somebody who would like to join them you know go to the website get in contact with fran um just really great organization we really appreciate you taking the time to come yeah, and tell a lot us more fun. about it
0: thank
2: you and thank you so much for your support and believing in us
1: if you like today's episode,
0: you can find more information at mycorneroftheuniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Let's face it, we're living in some unprecedented times, and there's never been a better time to have a plan B. Working from home has become the new norm. And let's face it, multiple streams of income just make sense. As the world changes, we need to change with it. If you're looking for a plan B, head on over to mycorneroftheuniverse.com forward slash support the show and click on LifeWave. It's a business in a box. Starting a home-based business can be scary, but with LifeWave, you'll get all the support and help you need to get your business up and running. And you'll be in one of the biggest trends in the market, stem cells. So head on over to mycorneroftheuniverse.com forward slash support the show Click on LifeWave and see how you can get involved in the stem cell industry at home.